What's up guys, Tony Hustle here, introducing my new book, The Missing Chapters, Straight Line Seduction 2.0 and Beyond. Apologies for the background noise, there's some kids playing outside. Anyway, I wanted to give you an overview over the new book that I wrote and what it entails, okay? Mainly the idea of the new book is about missing information that I've learned over the years or said differently things I thought I explained but I hadn't really explained properly and you know over the years now I've learned a lot from teaching and gaming myself so it's a little update it's not a little update it's 270 something pages it's a big update and there are a lot of things that I discovered from traveling things I discovered from listening to hundreds of hours of infields and things I discovered from doing more in fields myself and also from having had more relationships so today i'll give you a little overview over the different chapters so let's start from the top i start with why i wrote this book as usual i explain why i wrote this book and it's a bit of swearing it's a bit of ranting and it's a bit of justifying why I basically don't give a fuck about what other people think. It's my motivation, as usual. Then chapter one is about extreme work ethics and approaching girls, direct and sexual, and why you must do it, okay? It ends this chapter with a bootcamp review by a Hustler Elite student called Mishkin, who in detail describes what we did, what we did during a, you know, one-week bootcamp and why it is different. The main idea here is... What's the difference between what you do and you think you should do and what I do and what I think should be done, okay? And the main thing is that you don't really do, or 99.9% .9 of people don't really do straight line seduction. They do their own version of straight line seduction. And in this chapter, I show the differences between me doing straight line seduction and a normal person doing straight line seduction and why that leads to vastly vastly different results so i mean that's a very good chapter to kind of benchmark where you are and what you think needs to be done and what really needs to be done the next chapter is measuring the seduction progress the flat staircase okay this is an analogy i use where i describe that your funnel your seduction funnel needs to be a flat staircase not a steep staircase i won't go too into detail because you can read up on it in the book but basically in this chapter i describe what conversion rates you need from approach to sex from approach to instant date from approach to venue two and from approach to venue three what should your conversions look like what makes logical sense and how do you get to the holy grail of having a flat staircase. Flat staircase basically means that your conversion rates do not vastly differ as you go down the funnel from approach to V1, V2, V3. All of that stuff is obviously explained in um, SDL King and my other books. When I say that stuff, I mean the three-step logistics, all of the basics, basically. Okay, this chapter in particular is important because... If you don't have control and if you don't measure what's going on, then you don't really have any way of improving yourself. And if you don't, you know, understand why it should be a flat staircase and what the difference is, you can waste a lot of time, 
money and you can get a lot of frustration throughout the process. So that, that chapter is pretty big because it's really important and I hadn't really explained that before in, de in detail why I am so much more efficient and why my game is so much more exciting and that is to do with the flat staircase and that's also obviously to do with extreme amounts of discipline and hard work but all of that explained in that chapter. Next up is the kill zone sequence. So the kill zone sequence is something that I do when I frame control or when I active frame control in set that I didn't realize I'm doing. Basically in the close I describe frame control, you know, there's four or five different frames and I describe how to use them, how to, you know, how to set them up, how to seat them, how to use them to reframe frame tests and all kinds of stuff. But they're all like loose concepts. And the kill zone sequence is about tying in the frame control in a logical sequence so that you are really getting the girl into the kill zone in the most consistent and in the most predictable way. And I won't obviously go here into the detail, but it obviously has to do how and when you say and use which frame and that's detail in the kill zone sequence and basically what it will do and what I realized about myself is I always follow the sequence I didn't realize it when I was writing the close but following that sequence gets your chances of getting the girl like horny and bothered and into the kill zone up by like orders of magnitude if you do it right and that's why you know I wrote that down it's a 10 page chapter and I think it's super, super powerful. And again, something I only discovered by, you know, listening to myself and comparing myself to other people over time. Next after that, we have the main leader frame in feminine cultures. Obviously, that was something I had been asked hundreds and hundreds of times. How do you apply the main leader frame with Scandinavian girls or with like girls that are like, you know, from a feminine culture or that like high-powered MBA, MBA girl. Because what people rightly say is that often when I lay down the main leader frame by telling her I'm the man, you're the woman, this is this polarity, I have certain jobs, you have certain jobs, it kind of backfires. And, you know, I agree with that. You know, Scandinavian girls are not too keen on being told that they are supposed to, you know, have a female role and a traditional role in that relationship. That's what you have in feminine cultures where men and men are more the same, right? So, you know, I didn't write that down when I wrote down the clothes um, because, you know, I was mainly gaming girls that are actually from a masculine culture and I still prefer that to this day. Um, I, you know, any day of the week I prefer Russian over Scandinavian. But that doesn't mean that they're not gameable, the Scandinavians, and that you can't, you know, that you cannot use the male leader frame. Actually, you can use the male leader frame. You just have to adapt it, and you have to, you know, kind of disarm her socially programmed, you know, kind of like societal bullshit about men and being, and men and women being the same. So that's what I describe in that chapter. And again, it's super powerful because it basically, you know, deals with all these new age feminist girls from feminine cultures that are about male-female equality and all that kind of stuff. So, again, super powerful chapter. Again, I think it's about 10 pages or so. Two ears and one mouth is the next chapter. Um, this chapter is something that I noticed after having taught many, many guys, and that is you were born with two ears, ears and one mouth. And 
Why do I say that? I say that because a lot of guys don't have the capability of telling what state the girl is in and especially what state of arousal, what state of attraction, what state of interest they have. And if you don't have and if you don't have a way of, you know, gauging her interest level, you're very, very, you know, susceptible to wasting time, going down flywheels, spending time on instant dates to nowhere, texting with girls that go to nowhere, or the other way around, you're sitting with a girl that's really hot and bothered and on, and you're not getting the cues, and you're wasting your time, and you're burning the set down because you're running out of time. So it's extremely important, this chapter, because you need to be able to tell what kind of state the girl is in and of course it takes time because you will be overwhelmed in the beginning but over time you will get really good at gauging the girl's level of interest and this chapter helps helping you that because I bet you there's tons and tons of guys out there that just don't read the girls correctly so this chapter is all about that again it's about 10 pages um, all of these things that I talk about are super super practical it's not just some theoretical evolutionary theory ranking what I'm talking about is applied and it's about in-field experience. Relative local anchoring it's something I always knew um, intuitively but I something I observed again from traveling around and teaching people a lot of people okay have their mm, perception of beauty and what a beautiful girl is anchored to where they are in the moment and we call this in finance or in AI uh, or in optimization you know theory a local maximum that means yes if you're in a group of 30 people there will be one hot girl and everybody will want her and she is that local maximum she's locally the most beautiful girl but on a global level if you put her on a global level against all the most beautiful girls in the world in model agencies and so on and so forth she would be a nobody a turd she would be unrecognizable she would be a gray mouse and nobody would give a fuck about her and this local anchoring bias is um, very often you know not very often it's very strong and our brain is you know adapted to you know putting too much emphasis on that one girl that or that those few girls in our local system and you know I explain how you break through that and how you you know dethrone these girls and how you you know get a more realistic view of what's available in the world in terms of supply and demand on a global level and what you need to do to deal with this local anchoring bias that you're suffering from and you know I, I just go in a really practical way about it and you know it's really really helpful because it immediately dethrones all of these local hot girls you know you just need to be um, able to deal with this anchor because otherwise you're always in awe of that you know of that girl from your high school that everybody admired that in the grand scheme of things is really a nobody then there's a little short chapter called the no game fallacy of rigid cultures in small cities okay this comes from clients that tell me oh but I live in a small city and you can't go straight line you will ruin every girl and you know I live in a frigid culture like the girls are wearing headscarves and they don't like it when you're too direct and blah 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 all of this is bullshit I debunk it here 
straight line seduction works even if you're in a group of you know two fucking girls on the North Pole. It just works. It's it's attacking on an evolutionary you know level. It's not it's not to do with blowing sets out. Straight line seduction works if you were with one girl on a remote island. It just works, okay? I debunk everything there and I explain how to game in frigid cultures and I explain why, you know, this whole bullshit of oh, you can't game in small cities or in small villages or during whatever conferences where everybody knows each other or in your social circle. I just debunk it there and I make a point of why you still need to use straight line seduction or it's still the best model to use okay so short chapter but I got sick of people you know having this limiting belief and this excuse I can't game because I come from a frigid culture and small cities or small social circle next chapter is the flywheels okay the flywheels obviously a lot of people already know what I'm talking about but you know you have the flywheel of frustration is a video on YouTube flywheels are things that you do that are inefficient waste time and money such as number farming of girls from girls that are not really interested in you and this is the main flywheel people walking down oxford street in london and getting 20 numbers and no girl replies obviously that's flywheel shit that makes you uh, you know angry frustrated aggressive waste time waste waste money and gives you bloody thumbs from typing on your iPhone too much and there's other flywheels there's an instant date flywheel I describe it there in this chapter I describe why it's not necessarily the holy grail to go on a lot of instant dates again and I relate that back to the flat staircase you know the measuring of seduction pro uh, progress and you know it's um it's just very um comprehensive from a you know from a measurement and also from a theory point of view and I explain these different flywheels and you will find yourself you know that in, in this chapter because a lot of people go on a lot of flywheels and don't get laid. The last flywheel I describe here is the relationship flywheel and that's all about like you know that you can be in relationships that are toxic and wasting time and there's very low iteration speed and I just make you aware of the different flywheels you can go through in you know in different relationships when you have this proverbial one-itis and the girl has you under control and I just described the flywheel and how to deal with it in a very practical point of view okay break up bounce back so this chapter is what it says on the tin okay it's about you know bouncing back from breaking up with a girl obviously this is a very brutal experience especially if she leaves you and there's certain things you know mental models that you need to go through to bounce back from that and I just describe in detail my breakups, what I learned from it and the different routines that I go through to deal with that girl that you, you know, kind of like fantasize about or idealize in your head, how to bring her down in terms of like what she means for you, how to kind of like readjust her value in your head to destroy this this princess, you know, kind of like dreamlike scenario of her being the perfect woman, and then also how to deal with uh, yourself every morning from a mental point of view. This ties a little bit back to, you know, the mental or the the mind the mindset section in SDL King, and um, you know, it's just super super helpful. I wish I had had this when I broke up, because it really can save you months and months of agony and of you know 
pain from not recovering, and also it gets you laid much more quickly. So that chapter is super key in my point of view. The Straight Line Seduction Master Plan is the next chapter. This chapter I wrote because over time, you know, I realized that I had always set up my environment in a very specific way to be able to game only the hottest girls. And as I was traveling and teaching different people around the world, everywhere, South America, whatever, Portugal, Eastern Europe, wherever I was, America, it doesn't really matter. Um, what I noticed is that I was set up on I am always set up in a way that I have access to like a lot of beautiful girls. And in the Straight Line Seduction Master Plan chapter, I describe exactly the conditions that you need to be able to game on the highest level and get those really hot girls consistently. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I'm telling you, if you don't have these boundary conditions and this environment working in your favor, you're basically deemed to mediocrity because you won't be able to even execute the straight line seduction system properly unless you have these conditions. And that's what I lay out in a no bullshit, very practical way in that chapter. The quitting game fallacy is another chapter here about what happens when you get into a relationship because a lot of guys, what they do then is they drop their game and they go back to choke mode and they lose their shit, they lose their frame and the girl walks all over them and she finally dominates them. And this is something, you know, that has happened to me before, it has happened to a lot of guys before. What you really want to do is, you know, not quit game and... The question obviously is how do I not quit game if I'm in love with a girl, if I'm with a girl and I want to be with her and obviously there's ways of doing it and in this particular chapter, the quitting game fallacy chapter, I describe how you stay on top of her and on top of your game and how you keep controlling the situation once you've fallen in love with that proverbial dream girl. Seducing the top 0.1% and love on first sight fallacy. This is a chapter that I came up with after I started seducing really, really hot girls. And if you want to seduce the top 0.1% and, you know, fight that, you know, love on first sight fallacy, you know, that thing when you see the girl and she's just so perfect and so beautiful and you lose your shit. If you want to game at the highest level, you need certain strategies in place and you need certain mindset, you know, tricks that you do over and over again to be able to deal with this extreme beauty and this extreme charm and this extreme seductive prowess of the top 0.1% of girls. And in that chapter, I lay it out. It's quite a long chapter. It has a lot of very good practical, you know, pointers and things that I, you know, do, and I do them subconsciously maybe, but now I've spelled them out. Things that I do to stay on top of my game and to be able to game the hottest girls and the most demanding girls around the world. The next chapter, girls that seemingly give you nothing, getting the desert wet. Okay, so this was a breakthrough for me because I had loads of girls that were sitting there and I was running my game AE in a verbal sense and they weren't reacting. They weren't not reacting, but they weren't really biting. They weren't really going into the kill zone. I could do what I want, frame control. I could do like verbal acrobatics, the finest, you know, patterns, routines I have. And they just wouldn't quite go, you know, into the kill zone. So, um, in, uh, I think, 
SDL King, I then recommend um, to Kamikaze, which means you just pull cold, you just pull them home cold, and in the, in the book I describe exactly how to do that. But I found out over time that there's actually another type of girl, which is like the shy girl, but, you know, she just isn't into AE, she isn't into, like, being super extrovert and biting on, you know, loads of, you know, verbal AE, and there is a way to get these girls into the kill zone, and I discovered that over time and by observing students and by doing it myself. And in that chapter, I actually give you very practical pointers how to get these shy, timid, quiet girls that are actually gameable, how to actually get them into the kill zone, which seems almost like a paradox, but it is possible. I've done it many times in that chapter. I lay it out step by step. By the way, this doesn't invalidate the kamikaze you know, move, you still need that kamikaze move sometimes if the girl is not gameable at all. And the next chapter is how to game smart and efficiently during winter and when everything is closed down, i.e. during the COVID pandemic. You know, this is something I discovered just by being forced to discover it in Warsaw. Actually, it was super cold outside, minus five. Um, literally in one hour you would freeze your balls off, you'd have to go inside. And, you know, it got frustrating because there was nobody on the street. The girls on the street that I would approach were really short on hand and, you know, just wanted to get the fuck out of the cold. So over time, you know, what I discovered is that there's loads of malls around. And, you know, malls is not something you really want to game in for hours on end. But, you know, when, when you're forced, you're forced. So I went to a few malls. One is the Westfield in Warsaw and the other one is next to the train station. And I discovered, believe it or not, that those malls were full and full and full of hot girls. Better than Oxford Street. I could approach literally so often. And I already am giving away a little bit here. But, you know, it's just that there's a few little tips and tricks and hints on how to game when everybody else is kind of like not gaming and when everybody else is like miserable because it's cold and the girls don't really react well. And there's tons of tricks and tips in that chapter, what to do and how to do it and how to game them. And, you know, also, what do you do if there's no V1, V2, because everything is closed down, like, literally in Warsaw, we couldn't go anywhere, you'd have to be on the street, and, you know, if you know girls, after one hour in minus five degrees, they get, they get antsy, and they want to go home. So, in that chapter, I also break down what you do when you really don't have any logistics, and you can't do the three-step logistics, Actually, you can, you just need to change a few things around, and I discuss exactly that in that chapter. Then last but not least, characteristics of a dream girl. So this chapter really took me a long time to write, and it's very long. I think it's like 50 pages or something. And it is about, you know, finding your dream girl, and there is loads of new theory that I've never seen anywhere in there, uh, how I pick girls, and what characteristics I look for in girls. And, you know, I had to learn this the hard way. Decades of failed relationships, decades spent with hot girls that weren't meant to be with me, okay? So, you know, I have sub-chapters there, the sheep sheepdog theory. This is about, you know, women that, you know, 
just like men, women also are either leaders or followers and there's a theory around how you should pick your woman and how you have to recognize who you are and what you are and if you don't recognize it, you're bound to pick the wrong woman and if you do that, then you're fucked because it will lead to a lot of fighting or it will lead to a boring relationship. So that's the sheepdog, sheep or sheep, sheepdog theory, then home builder, explorer theory. Again, there's people that want to go out into the world and like explore and see what's out there. You know, as they say, America is a destillation of the human spirit of exploration. So I'd say Americans are pretty much the nation of explorers. But then there are also people that are home builders, you know, that are happy in their hometown with their mother and their friends and their language and they don't want to go out too crazy. And, you know, this also applies obviously to women. There's the crazy bitches that fly to London and fuck everything that walks around Soho and, and the center. And then there's girls that want to stay home and build a house and so on and so forth. I explain why you need to pick which one and what's good for you. And, you know, something I had to learn the hard way. Excitement balance theory. So this is, um, this is about, like, you know, if you have um, a certain type of women, it can get quite boring. Of course, we all can get the hot girl that just sits at home and doesn't speak. And, you know, whatever you say, she says yes and amen. Obviously, don't want that either. So, like, the question is... How do you deal with that and what do you look for that it doesn't get too boring too fast, okay? Love taker, love giver theory. Okay, so for me it's like this. We all need to be happy in ourselves without looking for validation or love on the outside. So I say that, you know, you have to be, you know, your glass has to be so full of love that it's spilling over. That's obvious. But then there's love taker and love giver people in this world. Some people just derive happiness from giving love to others and other people just derive happiness from being loved okay maybe Donald Trump the best example of a love taker and maybe you know well actually probably a bad example you can all think of a love love giver maybe your mother you know selflessly giving her life devoting her life to you and your brother and your sister and you know that's the that's really important that you are able to tell what kind of a person the girl is and um, you pick the right one. Limitless sex theory, okay, so this is about like picking a girl that is not necessarily the hottest, but that like, you know, you want to fuck every day, because a lot of girls, we all know, we date them for like two or three times, and then we get really, really bored, and when this happens, then we know we have the wrong girl. So what you really want is like a girl that, you know, is somebody that you want to bang all the time and that's why I wrote this limitless sex theory chapter. Obviously it goes way beyond that um, but um, in a nutshell that's what that chapter is about. Long-term beauty theory. So this chapter is about, you know, you want a girl that looks good in 10, 20 years. You don't want a girl that looks good now and doesn't look good in 20 years and I explain, you know, how to figure that out how she will look good in 10, 20 years down the line, okay? Resourceful organizer theory. Again, this is a chapter about judging the girl's character. You want a girl that's resourceful. You don't want a girl that, you know, 
doesn't know how to cook, doesn't know how to turn on the microwave, and you know it's just wasteful with all your resources because it will lead to unhappiness. And you know you don't want to hang out with girls that have you know no respect for your resources, especially if you become the provider and the man in the family. Anyway, I go in quite a lot of detail what exactly I look for, why it's so important, especially when you have kids, and that's what that chapter is all about. Okay, so this is the overview. It's a bit of a long overview. It's a bit of a long book and um, I think it is really those are the missing chapters I couldn't think of anything else that I hadn't dealt with um, that you know this book that this book really like um, deals with and so it kind of completes the whole you know straight line seduction system because it really fills in the missing chapters and fills in the holes literally <laughs> as well and uh, you know i hope you enjoy this um took me a long time to write this book it's a hardcover at the moment it's at 150 us dollars um probably i'll just leave that as a limited edition and at some point you know when i think i have sold it a few hardcovers then i'll probably take the hardcover off the market and just make it a you know a soft cover or whatever they call it and you maybe drop the price a little bit but not sure but anyway first i want to have a hard cover outdoor out there for the hardcore fans and then later for the fans that are maybe less hardcore but just want the theory i'll i'll add a soft cover but you know maybe i'll never get around to that but you know i, I started with the hard cover because i know some hardcore fans want hard covers so you know definitely won't be in the next uh, six months that i'll change to like a soft cover anyway i hope you enjoy it i put my heart and soul you know uh into this into this book and i think it's great because it can save you decades tony out <laughs>